Hey, this is Brian Wright with the Hive Podcast, and my guest today is Tommy. What I found out is folia with a silent G. That's me. How do you have a silent G? You have two silent Gs, right? I didn't create the name. It just was handed down to me, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Instagramming, getting ourselves started. So I haven't had you on in a while. Yeah, it's been a little over a year. Yeah, I think we've been trying to do this, but uh, That's life, true. life is busy. It's more my fault than yours because I do have two children, and my life has been a little a little wild with that. My son's going to be one in like two weeks. Wow. So crazy. I feel like we just had him. Yeah, last time I was on, he was zero. Yes, <laughs> yes, my wife was pregnant last time. Yeah, it's crazy. Read right. He is going to be one years old on June 6th, and guess what? Because my fight life is always interesting, like with this every every major event in life, there could be a fight every weekend of the year. But if I have something important to do, they make sure they drop a fight bomb on me. Absolutely. So Deanna Bennett is fighting Invicta on the seventh, and my son turns one on the sixth, and I'll be in Kansas City. Ugh. Well, I get some barbecue while you're there. Yes. So I'll be in Kansas City for the fight, and we will have a party for him on Sunday. The good part about Invicta is they do them on Friday nights, not Saturday nights. So at least I'll be home Saturday. Right. So the fight's Friday, fly back Saturday. We can do the party Sunday, and everything's good. So I'm in a little bit of trouble, but not too much. It's not too bad. That's, eh, you know, that's married life, baby. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's dad life. Dad life. It is what it is. So, um... You know what's crazy? We talked about last time that it was 20 years that I've been doing this, and 20 years you've been doing it. Now it's 21 years. Like it just the 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 time factor of how long we've been doing what we've been doing keeps creeping in. And it was weird. 20, like nobody really caught on to, but as of late, I've been getting all these people going. Man, 1998. Holy shit! It's been 21 years. You've been doing what you're doing. That's amazing. I think it's because the last year has been pretty wild with with growth for us and opportunity and activity oh, sure. and i'm going into probably um one of the higher profile summers because all the damn fights we've got coming up mm-hmm. so it's it's interesting and you you also i your your shop i mean you have so much momentum too i feel like at the age we're at we have a, a level of maturity understanding what we do a little bit differently and i think it's like that sweet spot time yeah, you'd like to think that, <laughs> you know, you kind of, you just roll with it. Yeah, but it just feels, it just feels like the experience is adding up in the right way now. Right, yeah, there's there's a difference between I hope things work out and I know things are working out. Yeah, And yeah. then you don't want to get comfortable and be like, eh, things are working out, I'm just going to hang out. No, can't do that, can't do that. I actually, so Phil Caracappa is always posting all this crazy shit on Instagram where he's talking about how like the universe is, you know, paving the way for him. Sure. And I'm and I am I am a stoic. <laughs> I do not believe the universe gives a fuck about any of us. We are a speck of dust in the universe and time and everything. And if the universe really cared, there wouldn't have been an ice age. There wouldn't be flesh-eating <laughs> diseases in the Congo. You know, we wouldn't be one step away from a rock hurtling through space and taking yeah. us out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's probably all inconsequential to whatever the universe is doing. Yeah, I, I think even the greatest people that we have in history, our time on this planet is still so limited compared to the lifespan of this planet. 
So there's going to be some catastrophic event that's going to happen that's going to wipe out our history, and then something else is going to happen all over again. Yeah. Like, we have this limited space in everything. Yeah. And uh, human life, what? You're going to be dead a lot longer than you're alive. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I And then no matter what you do, and no matter how long you're remembered, you will be forgotten at some point. Of course. Because everything's going to, you know, continue to evolve, and... It'll. It's going to be what it's going to be. So make it count now. Yeah, you know. Here. So so, Phil says it works for him, and that's fine. My whole point with the that secret bullshit is that the universe is not going <laughs> to pave its way for you. The universe doesn't give a fuck what you're thinking, and on top of it, and I'm sure you know this too. There are a lot of people that I know that are really positive thinkers that are horribly unsuccessful people. And I know people that are extremely negative thinkers <laughs> that are extremely successful in their work and their families and everything, but they just have a negative mindset. Yeah. I don't like mindset only matters in how it relates to you personally. I don't hang around people that make me miserable or no. that are very negative. I try and keep them out of my life. I've cut a lot of people out of my life that they're like, yeah. Uh, energy vampires you hang around them and everything becomes a bummer and you're just they can't get out of their own way and they're you but know. the thing is there are people that could be around those kind of people and being in that environment could work for them for you it doesn't work sure when i'm around people like that it just keeps it motivates me more because i see them and i just don't want to be that uh, i i you know if i'm around it too long i start to get real aggravated i don't like oh, i get aggravated really fast. i don't like entitled people i don't like people that are new uh, blame everything but themselves for their own problems and I, you know sometimes shit happens to you but there's that, a certain type of person that we're talking about here. That that's that's where I was going with the whole secret thing when Phil and I were talking. I said that you know he was talking about how he feels that the universe is paving the way for him, and I'm like, okay, well, the second you feel you're special, you're fucking done. And I say that to everybody. <laughs> the minute you feel you're special and you feel the universe is entitling you, using the word you just used, when you feel entitled because you think there's like some mindset or some something that's pushing you along the way, when you're in the position where you have to choose what to do. Can I, should I work today or should I take the day off? In your mind, there's a choice because you think you're special and you think you're chosen and you just think it's going to work out. But it's always the work that makes it. And you're only self-validating at the end of the day. Yeah. So if it does work out, it proves my point. But what if it doesn't work out? What are you going to say then? What are you going to say? What, I, I didn't wish hard enough? I didn't think enough? You're going to take the blame for some weird mentality that doesn't make any sense whatsoever? No. You're going to ignore the lack of action and you're just going to think about thoughts? Like, it's stupid. Get it doesn't make any fucking grind, sense. man. You know, you're not going to win a fight because you want to win a fight. You're going to win a fight because you land the right shots at the right time. Mm -hmm. I don't care how bad you want to win. If you don't do the fucking work and hit the right things and don't get caught... Yeah, you know, it, it it's not it's it's just it's reality, and that's the only thing you can control, and that's that's why it's so important that when you have the opportunity to work or not work, you do the work and you stop thinking you're chosen. And an opportunity, it's uh, you know, be prepared because you don't know when an opportunity's coming. Yeah, so be prepared. Absolutely, I I have there's so many guys that I've trained over the years that are naturally gifted people that opportunities came for them to do things and they let themselves go too far. I mean, Phil's a prime example and I'm not shitting on Phil, but we had the reason... So yeah, Phil, why is Phil getting hurt and all well, this? I know, but <laughs> Phil... So Phil had a really great fight and then after his fight, he got out of shape because he was enjoying life and I and I don't, you know, have any negative 
towards that. I think you kind of need to do that. You absolutely have to do that. But an opportunity came up, and he may have been able to get a short notice fight in a big show, but he was like 35 pounds out of, out of shape, and like he couldn't take it. And it was like, fuck, that's an opportunity lost, whatever. But then he had a, an even better fight after that. So it, it's all kind of playing itself so, out yeah, fine. It played out how it played out. But you do, like, if you do want to jump the line. But seriously, Phil, 35 pounds over. The opportunity was there. <laughs> I'll turn on you real quick. <laughs> I'll turn on you real quick. It's tough. Like, it was one of those ones where it's like, oh, man, if only. No, let, the, but, let the man live but, his life. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, Because the, I'll tell you what, if you don't take that time to unwind, to get a little out of shape, to enjoy, what what the hell's the point of all this shit? I actually, one of the, a, a guy that I, I worked with, Justin Haskins, and Justin Haskins was a great fighter. Uh he was a guy that trained at Kurt Pellegrino, and he trained with me as well. Justin fought in WEC. He fought Johnny Hendricks in WEC. Like he, Justin was a really strong fighter. And, and the big mistake we made at the end of our relationship was he had an amazing fight, and he smashed a guy at 155. Justin's a big dude, cut a lot of weight to make 55. And because it was a quick fight and he was in shape, he took a quick turnaround fight, and he never allowed himself to decompress. And he was the kind of guy that... I mean, he was going to 155 from, like, 190. It was a massive cut. So he stayed on way too long, and he never decompressed and allowed his body to readjust. Yep. And then he took a quick turnaround against a guy he would beat 9 out of 10 times. And he lost. And he lost bad. And then it was over. And that was one of the, that's one of the ones I look back, and I'm like, man, we shouldn't have done that. Right. You should have gave him a little that. time out. We should have taken some time. He took the fight. I, I didn't take the fight. I was like, do you really want to do this? He was like, yes. I was like, all right, I'm with you. If that's the decision you want to make, I'm with you. But then when we did it afterwards, I was like, man, I shouldn't have taken that ride. I should have said no. But, but again, that that's a teachable moment for you. Absolutely. If you don't go through shit like that, you're not going to know in the future, like, hey, dude, don't take that fight. You know, how else are you going to learn? Yeah. When you're when we're when we're so he was the sacrificial lamb for no you know what it wasn't sacrificial lamb as much as it was uh, in a leadership role understanding there's a time when you have to lead sometimes you have to follow your people and sometimes you have to lead them right knowing that there's that the balance, balance because sometimes they don't know better yeah sometimes you have to save them from themselves. And then other times... Well, that's what a coach is there for, man. And then other times you have to trust that they know themselves better than you do. True. It's a weird balance. True. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've kicked myself where I'm like, shit, I knew I should have done something there, but I let it go because I didn't want to rock the boat because they were in a good space, but shit, they weren't technically where they needed to be because I didn't push. But it's that's my struggle. That's my struggle. That's the dance you got to do. Yeah. The Iron Fisted guys, I used to do the Iron Fisted routine where it was like, just do what I say, shut the fuck up, I, I don't want to hear it, and can't go anywhere else, can't do this, can't do that. It didn't work. Um, no, you know, I've talked about it a million times. Yeah. It was a huge mistake to be that way, but then there's also, you can't be so loose that people don't feel like they're a part of something, and that as a coach, you lose your leadership role, because people still have to respect what you have to say, and they have to trust that you're going to say the right thing. Um, I, I had a coach that when I was in the corner, I never believed him because I knew he was always just saying positive stuff no matter what. Like my eye could be falling out of my face. He's like, you're doing great. You're good. I'm like, no, every once in a while you need somebody to say you're not doing right. good. Right, you don't ever want to have a coach where your first thought is, he's full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Know, that's not good. Yeah, like you don't want an accountant that when you're in the negative being like, no, nah, you're good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just keep they, doing what you're doing. It'll be fine. You'll be fine. 
You're going to be bankrupt in a week, but it'll be okay. You'll survive. No. No. You need somebody to be like, hey, man, stop spending. Right. Stop investing hey, in, in stuff that's up. not working. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, cover up. <laughs> but it's just, it's the same parallels in life. It's like, stop investing your time and efforts in the things that aren't working. <laughs> you know? Well. That's leadership. You got you to gotta get people to invest in stuff that's going to work out for everybody. You also got to... You know, give people space to do their own thing. Absolutely. But then you got to lean on them sometimes. Yes. Well, because, again, sometimes their own thing becomes detrimental. Well, I'm very laid back with how I run my business. You want to? You got to leave early? Just tell me and you can go. Yeah. You, you want to come in late? Just tell me and you can. You need time off? Just tell me. and I'll, I'm never going to say no until you don't ask me. Yes. And then I got to let you know. You got to be respectful about yeah. it. That's, a, that, I, guys don't show up for training. Right. And I'm like, yo, all you have to do is let me know in the morning, like, hey, I can't make it. Yeah, nice and easy. Yeah. It's funny. I don't know if you run into this one, but I, I, I find that a lot of people project their relationships, their other relationships onto me because I'm in that <laughs> leadership role. So somebody won't tell me something. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? They're like, well, I thought I was, you were going to yell at me. And I'm like, when have I ever yelled at you? Right. When have you ever seen me yell at anyone? When have I ever yelled at you about that? When have I ever given you shit about that? I get my point across real well when I don't yell. When I sit down and I get very serious. But, but how many times do you run into people that, because other people have, they, oh, they assume have, you're going yep. to? I don't want to like, get in trouble. I'm like, what I, What am I, your dad? Trouble? I know. I'm like, am I your dad, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah. get out of here. Like, our, like, Your ass is grounded and that's it. You know, like, no, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, uh, I'm, uh, I try and be... I don't. I try not to be too emotional. I, I there are people listening that'll be like, "He is so full of shit." But I try and curb that. I try and be as analytical as possible about it. It's like mathematics. It's, you get fired up about things. I do absolutely. You do. But I try and keep my decision making process almost mathematical, where it's like, okay, if they do this and I do that, this is what's going to happen. But if I do this and they don't do that, well, this is just how I'm going to play it. I don't tend to yell. I just tend to not do it anymore. Yeah. So, like, if we agree to do something and it doesn't work out, I'm not really going to give you shit about it. I'm just not going to ever bring it up yeah, again. Dude, like, that's like, a wrap. Yeah, it's fine. we're done. I made the effort, and usually you don't make the effort once. You do it multiple times. Yeah, many, many times. Yeah. I, I, we were <clears> talking. I'm, we I'm bad with that. I'll give people a thousand chances. Yep. Um. But then once I, you know, I learned. All right, you got to stop giving them chances at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I think I give people a little too much, you know. See, I'm, I don't know if I do that because I just don't want to have the confrontation of saying no. Or it's a, it's a weird dance. Like, I really, I don't like to have a combative scenario. No, who does? But at the same, well, so, ah, shit, I know some people that live <laughs> off combat. But then. then what level-headed normal human being does? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that ever. I don't know if that actually exists either. But I think we're all fucking nuts. But um, there's the other side of it is I really do want to see people succeed. Right. So You're I give them, them a lot of rope because I'm like, come on. I really just I see something in them, and I'm hoping that they see right, it. Right. I'm rooting for you. But hoping never fucking works. So no. But and that's that's where the chances come from. Yeah. But then now. There are people that are just fuck-ups. Oh, of that's course. And that's why I'll give you a million chances. There are people that are working you. 
That's, you know? Yeah. They think they're getting over. You're going to get one chance. Those fuckers I'm, is different. Right. But there are people that have a false belief about things that I'm <laughs> right. like, okay, I'm hoping that maybe you'll see the light at some point right. and I'll ride that. But I definitely got over the fuck nuts that were riding yeah, it. Yeah, they're trying to work you. Get out of here. I don't got time for that. And I used to think that everybody could find could fulfill their potential but i got over that one too where i there's a certain type of person that i've really come to understand no matter what they will always get in their own way mm-hmm. and until that changes i can only do so much with them right so i don't necessarily go like i'm not working with you anymore i just stop taking those calls sure i just kind of avoid it until i hope they get the message and you know it's um that is the worst type of pain in the ass when you see somebody uh, that they're stuck in their bullshit yeah they and, get in and, that negative rut and and you give them a little like hey there's good things going on in your life you have this going on you have that going on and no matter what they will find the negative i'm an optimistic uh pessimist yeah. but uh you know there are certain people they just gravitate towards the negative you know what is the when you see someone has a skill and you realize that they could probably they're happy with that skill too. Not only do they have a skill, but they're happy when they're implementing it. Yep. And then you're like, "Well, try and make a living with it." But they go the comfort route when they do with a 9 to 5 routine for somebody else mm-hmm. and they treat it as a hobby that they do here and there. But you see that they have world class potential in what it is. But it's, in the creative fields, I see it a lot. Where oh yeah. I'm like, I see somebody that's an amazing painter, or they're an amazing photographer, or amazing film person, and I'm like, why are you not pursuing this? And they're afraid of. I don't. It's not so much that they're afraid of failure; as they're afraid of losing the comforts that they have from the shit they don't like to do. Right. But they get something out of it. And who am I to judge? You know what? Maybe those comforts are more sure. are better for them. Maybe. Maybe not though. All right, this Let's noise, talk about this a, noise oh, wow. in the background needs to be clarified. The judo guys are here doing conditioning. <laughs> I'm afraid to look at what they're doing right now. What are they doing? What is happening here? I can't even see him. Oh Hold my on. God. We have to peek at what's going on. Because it sounds like they're burning the building down. What are they doing? I don't know. There's something going on with the chain. Oh, my God. There's chains being smashed. Oh, that was interesting. It sounded like it was raining metal for a minute. Oh, I think there was some iron work going on. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, failure, losing. Yeah. I got some thoughts on loss and losing. I mean, I could talk about it a million ways. Cause the f- right. So, first off. Yes. <laughs> We went on a run last year. We went on a run. We won a lot of fights in a row. Yep. And, and um, the reality of 2019 has been a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, a lot of, one of the things we lost, it, win, dealing with winning, winning and losing is this weird cyclical thing. Nobody wins all the time. No. You get the, the you get the, but we get sold this idea that we're supposed to win all the time. But then you also... That's that Floyd Mayweather. But then you also have the... It's it's such a weird mindfuck of a concept because you don't ever want to accept the idea that you can lose. But you you have to accept when you lose. But your intention is to not lose. You don't want to... 
you know, I'm, how am I, why am I not verbalizing this better? <laughs> but it, it's like this weird thing. Because you have kids and a no, wife. No, but it's like, but when you're winning and you get on, but with the mentality that people push is like, it's not okay to lose. The reality of it is, it is okay to lose, but at the same time, it's not okay to lose because it's not our intention. It's not what we set out to do. It's not what we train to do. But when it happens, there's a particular way to respond to it that, right. to get us back on the winning track. Mm-hmm. And you also have to not get cocky while winning because you'll dig a hole for yourself that you'll never, ever come out of. You have to be very humble in victory, and you almost have to have the audacity side when you lose because with victory, it's like, okay, I'm fortunate that it all worked out. I'm fortunate that it's continuing to work out. And when it doesn't work out, you have to have the balls to say, well, fuck it, I'm getting back in there again. So it's a very weird psychology, man. It's It's a tough one. It's, it's opposed to what you're supposed to be doing. Like it's the, there's you know you sh- you should you train to win. So yes. when you lose, how do you process it? How yeah. do you deal with it? But take a couple losses. I think that's how you process it and deal with it. Yeah, it's. I mean, how many fights did Ronda Rousey lose? Two. Two. Back to back. But she done done done. And, but she built and up. The honestly, end. fight two that she lost, she wasn't ever there to begin with. Well, she wasn't. I mean, she wasn't there for either of them. I don't think. I don't even think the Holly Holmes. You know fight, what? You might I don't be think right she on, was that, there one on too. that either. I think that fight was all just. She was an emotional mess in that fight. Yeah, and that was crazy. From weigh-in through the end of that fight, it was like, who the fuck is this person? Yeah, she was mad at Holly Holm, and you didn't she, really know why. Well, because she knew she was going to get her ass kicked. She was in for it. She knew, and she was fighting herself. See, that's the fucked up part about fighting. As much as we talk about we're fighting another person, so we technically break the other person down, we game plan, we do all that stuff, we train really hard to beat that person, but I don't care what it is you're doing, it's fighting, it's life, whatever. In every instance, we are fighting ourselves. Life is, we're preparing to do something, but the battle is... You versus you in implementing the things that need to be done to be successful because you are the person that has to implement every time in every second of your life. And it's always this weird battle. It's like I can go left or I can go right. Like you have to always make those choices. And that's the battle. The other person there is the focal point for your choices. Okay. But the battle is still what choice am I going to make right now? It's an internal struggle. Always. What you're saying. Always. Well, I noticed a lot of this with uh, certain fighters. You can't lose if you don't fight. Absolutely. You see a lot of that going on. Yeah. You can't lose if you don't fight. And some of the biggest names in our sport that we're talking about. Um, You know, and like who are you trying to fool? Yourself or me? Okay. um, Francis Ngano fought that one guy um, who's the guy that he fought from Texas the big fat guy uh, the Derek one that, Lewis yeah so when yeah. he fought Derek Lewis he didn't do anything yeah that was actually the fight of if you don't fight you can't lose right happening right in front that of your happened, eyes that happened actually fighting yeah well that's like if you watch fights some fights are really slow to get started yeah and but once they get started they, they turn into a barn burner then something yeah because Clicks. I'm telling you the scariest part of every fight is the first contact. His first, it's that, that first bat. exchange okay. because you get, once the exchange happens, you're right. like, 
oh, I'm home again. I, I didn't die. But before that... <laughs> I it, didn't get Aldoed. It gets weird. <laughs> like, that first exchange, is it becomes this mythical thing. It becomes greater than what it is, and you forget that no one can do something to you that hasn't been done already. Like, you've taken the hits. You've done the work. You're in shape. Yep. You are what you are, and you know what you are, and that person's not Superman. Man, that is a perfect example of if you don't fight... You can't lose, but man, can't win either. Can't win either. Can't win. You, what are you there for? So Why are you there? So before, when before people sign, which I think you were alluding to, there are certain people that are actually not agreeing to fight because they don't want to lose and they want to protect an idea. And it's crazy that you're saying that because I can throw into one other thing on this. So I have the Wimp to Warrior program to start at the gym. Okay. So we've been marketing quite heavily, and I've had a ton of conversations with people. So the idea behind this is is that you have very limited training. You've never trained before. You come in here, and you train for 20 weeks, and at the end, you fight an amateur MMA fight. I've had a handful of people that won't do it, not because they're afraid of getting their ass kicked, but they're afraid of getting their ass kicked in front of other people in a way that's going to shatter a self-image that they've fabricated for themselves. <laughs> right. Well, now you're it, talking. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, and so that's why I'm saying, like, it's not just a UFC thing. No, it's a life thing. It's a yeah. person thing. Yep. So when you fabric, that's why you should shut the fuck up. You know how many people, especially <laughs> in my business, I have to sit there. Well, I'm tattooing somebody. Oh my god, for hours and for hours, hours and hours. And I gotta hear how ta- great they are. Tales of their triumphs of how they just kicked someone's ass and then they kicked it again. And like, you know, how many times can I go? Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, I don't, don't want to be rude to my client, but uh, no, you want to be rude to your client. But at some but, point, but you, you can't be rude to your right. client because it's bad for business. <laughs> and. At some, but I, I go, eh, that's, I'm not really interested in that. And they keep on going. Yeah, because they they're not listening to you anyway. No. They're just talking they, to themselves. And, and they walk out of there, and I go, that dude has never been in a fight in his life. That guy has, uh, he got in one fight in third grade, and, uh, you know, the teacher broke it up, and uh, the one that, they both cried. You know, like, you can tell. The, uh, the one that I hate <clears throat> is the one where... You say to somebody like, um, "Yo, you're you're overweight, but I can bench press a lot." <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't talking about your bench press. Nice, nice pivot. Yeah. Or it's <laughs> nice like, pivot. Or, or it's like, "Yo, you're not in shape." Well, I'm in better shape than you. Okay, but I'm not doing what you're doing. Right, I'm like, not. What are you talking about? When the people, I am irrelevant when they, to your shape. <laughs> they try and pivot to get away from a weakness concept. And the one thing about successful people is they may give off the air of. Uh, you know, having a confidence where you feel like they're behaving in a way that they think their shit doesn't stink. But the, the, the truth about all high-level people is they're very, very aware of their weaknesses. You need to be. And they understand them and they're comfortable with them in a way that works. And you got to spend some time working on yourself where you're like, I'm a dickhead when it comes to X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I don't like hearing that. <laughs> um, there are certain things you have to accept, like, but I I need to work on those things, or or I don't, or, or at least be aware of them. Thank you. At least be aware of them. Being aware of them, minimizing their ability to fuck up your life right. is important. Sure, because you can't be good at everything, mm-hmm. and you can't solve every problem you've got. Like you have a certain skill set that works for certain things, 
and you know, like, okay, I just right. need to not be in these scenarios because I suck at them. Right. My, and I'm not good at my that. dickhead behavior helps in these situations, not yeah. so much in those situations. Yeah, like I need to just stay out of this particular arena because it's not my place to be. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, how many times have you? Uh, you're talking to someone and they're being an idiot, and instead of entertaining the conversation or <laughs> like uh there was a guy that um kept coming into the shop and he was starting a new band and he wanted me to be in his new band and i was like dude i ain't been in a band in in you know 15 years i'm retired from being in bands and he kept coming in and coming in and coming in and and i was like dude i told you i'm not interested so one afternoon we're standing in front of the shop and he pulls up in front of his car uh in the parking lot and starts like kind of talking to me out the window and he's like man you gotta listen to this new song i just wrote it would be awesome if you can get in on this and i simply said to him yeah i don't give a shit <laughs> and he was like what and i was like don't give a shit not interested don't know how else to put it to you some people need that. And he, he left. And Joe was like, Joe works at my shop with me, was like, I can't believe he just did that. And I was like, what? And he's like, you were, man, that was brutal. And I was like, how many times I had to listen to dude's story and tell him I'm not interested? Yeah. Now, on the other side of that, when my girlfriend is like, I want to watch the Bachelor finale tonight, <laughs> I don't say to her, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Even though I don't. And then I end up watching The Bachelor and feeling bad about myself. Yeah, but you don't give a shit about the show, but you give a shit about your girlfriend. So you right. do what you got to do. Right. So you got to find that balance. Yeah. You, when's it okay to talk this way, and when is it not okay? It's contextual, you know? man. It's <laughs> yep. contextual. Yep. Yeah. I, I, the, I get uh, opportunities. I mean, I'm 45. I should never fight again, and I don't want to fight again. But I could if I wanted to. Sure. I could. I don't know if I could do it well, but I could. But I just don't want to. I'm done. Well, that's, that's like, different. I'm like, I got to a... Well, it's like guitar. Like, you're like, yeah, I don't want to play anymore. I'm good. Yeah, I like done. playing the guitar in my but room. But I don't want to be in a band anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm the same boat. Like, I like to fuck around on the mat with the guys. Like, I don't want to get in front of the big lights anymore, man. Yeah. Like, I'll I'm, spar I'm all day long, but... Yeah. I buried my career five yeah. years ago. I'm good with it. I'm totally at peace with it. And I know that my lane now does not include that. Up until that point, that was a very big part of my existence. But not not anymore. I'm good. I'm so comfortable with the idea of never fighting again. And that's like wonderful. I, it makes me smile, actually. Yeah, I was like, going to say I'm very that's... happy to say I'm never going to fight again. That's wonderful. But... Five years ago, I couldn't say that. I was like, fuck, I'm never going to fight again. Where now I'm like, yes, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm done. Like, I ended it the way I wanted to, and I'm good with it. And that's just knowing who you are and your place and being comfortable in your own skin about it. Right. Yeah, like, you pussy, you don't want to fight anymore? I'm like, no, I'm good. So now, the analytical mind that fighters have, some of them don't. Some, <laughs> some of them are just don't. big, big oxes, but the more analytical, uh, you think they. They get in their own heads about things. Like, um, I noticed Conor McGregor uh, recently posted a thing saying how he ultimately won the fight with Khabib because of the after-fight brawl. And again, part of it might be him just trying to stir up shit. But I, I've seen him do it before. 
where I, he like overanalyzes his losses to Mayweather. He was just saying it about Mayweather that he was I was beating Mayweather. Now he might be trolling, trying to get people riled up. I think he believes his own bullshit. But I, uh, the only reason I I think that is because I see him do it a few times. A few months ago, he wrote a, a long-winded, detailed description of the Khabib fight, and ultimately was saying that he was he was winning. So the problem ends up being that's not the, good. That's not that's not a good. When you get into a headspace where you're you're fighting the audience, yeah, you're, man. you're fucked. Oh, you're doomed, you're right? You're so fucked because the problem is, is that you're never going to be in a situation where everyone's in an agreement about you. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be multiple sides to it. And if you if your existence depends upon those opinions, you're just so fucked. Boy, you're in trouble, because man. Because you're never going to be happy. No. So you're always going to do these stupid things that are just going to wreck everything. You do, you're not going to retire... You're going to say dumb things. You're going to do dumb things. You're going to lose. Like Conor McGregor earned more money and created more equity for himself than anybody. He could walk away today. The world could talk mad shit about him. He could literally tune it all out, drive what he wants to drive. Yeah, and live. Live where he wants to live. Wear what he wants to wear. Drive what he wants to drive. Do whatever the fuck he wants to do. He could be front row at every fucking event for the rest of his life and just be chill. But he's... The idea, I guess, of legacy for him is just really, really, really important. But it's but look at your record, homie. Yeah. What one thing? What do you do? You're you're wasting your prime years right when, now. But when you're around fighters, it's funny. The guys that have been in it for a while that have had the ups and the downs. The one thing I run into a lot is you get as guys get longer in it, they're like, stop worrying about titles, make as much money as possible, and take care of yourself. Yeah. This is a short lifespan. You got a lot yeah. of years left after this career is over, and if you're chasing belts, just remember that belt's not going to pay your rent. No. Like you'll get a nice check for the belt, and you'll get some notoriety, but this is not a situation where that pays off. It's not a sitcom where you're going to get residuals <laughs> for the rest of your life. No. Once it's done, it's done. It's done. When they re when they replay your fight on ESPN, you should get paid, but, but you you're don't. You're not getting paid <laughs> yeah. for it. You got paid one time, and you walk away. Like make as much money as possible, save that money, invest that money, be prepared. I mean, Rich Franklin, he that guy. He cut a deal. Originally. One of my favorites, dude. He cut a deal with the UFC. People were like, "How come he's making so little money?" The the story I heard was he went to the Fertitas and said, "Look, I'm going to sign like X amount of fights with you. I have a piece of property that I want. Can you guys, you know, buy that property and build me a house?" They bought the property, they built him a house, and then he and he took much less money for fights. Then he ended up investing his money into like yogurt shops and mm-hmm. like different ventures and then he got a job working in corporate for one fc and he's yeah. getting paid really well there and you know he was somebody that said okay i've got to leverage my relationships to create a life for myself smart man so fighting if fighting is only going to be your life for a particular amount of time uh forrest griffin is the same way that dude never spent a dime he made yeah. Uh, you know, he drove the car he won on the Ultimate Fighter forever. That's awesome. You know, and now he works. Now he works for the UFC in a in a capacity at the PI, and he has a career because of it. So, and he's he got w- that show where they they're all wearing socks or whatever. <laughs> I talking didn't know. Oh, you ever seen that? Know, oh yeah, that was it's it's awesome. But the but it's it's being it's looking forward, not just you know trying to appease the moment kind of thing. Right, know? and yeah, I, you know I advise people to live in the moment, but. <laughs> 
with a little bit of not nah, don't drive yourself nuts with it but look down the road a little man just protect yourself yeah. Ins- insulate yourself yeah. have fun because you're only young once i mean shit but again you don't have to look down the road down the road is, is set for life yeah so what is going on connor i look What's at going on buddy I, I look at a guy like connor and i'm i'm just let's sit down and have a conversation after the mayweather it. fight he should have retired the only reason he's coming... Think about this, though. you got to look at politics. So if McGregor never fought again after Mayweather, he's fine, but the organization that feels like they made him needs right. him. Right. And they're knocking on the door every day going, hey, That's buddy. That's a big weight. Hey, buddy. That's a big weight to we carry. We need you. We need you. We need you. And But it's not even a weight to carry. It's like, so the UFC's coming and they're knocking on his door and they're not going like, hey, man, uh, we need you to do a favor. They're coming to him and they're saying... Hey, we know you have money, but we can do this and we can do that and we can help you. Th- so they're trying to figure out what can we say to convince this guy. So they're throwing everything they can at him, and he's like, "Well, I'm good, but ooh, if I do well, that, I could be so- better." Sorry, UFC, you set up the Mayweather fight to line his pockets to give him the leverage to do what he's doing. Yeah, it, but he's got that ego thing, and they're playing on that, and everybody. It's just such a drama-filled, crazy scenario. Yeah, that's just cuckooness. Um. But he needs a you know simple answer. Get in there, get some wins, and do your thing. It's not that simple, man. I understand where he's coming from right now. Where I was reading this morning, and I've heard about this with other guys. This ESPN deal because it's so complicated to buy the pay per views. The pay per view buys are way down, and so what you see on when they prom- when they say what these guys make, like when they say Connor made three hundred thousand dollars for his last fight. Okay, that doesn't factor in. All the other pay, and when I say the other pay, it's not um, it's not backroom bonus crap. We're talking right. about pay per view points, sponsorship fees, all, all that, that kind shit of stuff. That I don't There's understand. a ton yeah. of money in that. I mean, he's walking away with millions, not hundreds. I'll tell you what so, about the ESPN. But, but, but the thing is, though, I know, I'll come. Back, we'll circle cause, back because we did. We you, you struggled on that. Yeah. But a lot of the big names that were making the majority of their money off pay per view points are like, yo. These pay-per-views are the money's not there. a quarter of what they were. So they're leaving millions on the table. And ESPN's paying the UFC a big fee, which makes up for the lack of pay-per-views. So the UFC's making its money, but the fighters aren't making the money. So the fighters are like, yo, we got to re- we got to rethink this. So I don't see the UFC coming back and saying, well, ESPN's paying this, so we're going to give you a chunk of that. I think a guy like Conor has the leverage to do it because I think the pay-per-view drought, the lack of stars, there's a lot of weirdness going on. I think Conor can come back and say, look, guys, if you want me to fight, you're going to have to pay me. Like, pay me, pay me. Like, you're going to have to give me some equity or whatever. I don't think they're ever going to give him equity, but I think they'll come up with a pay structure for him that'll make more sense where they'll give him some of the ESPN money. If they can, I don't know if they can. I don't know their. I don't know their business, but what a, a guy like Connor edge. has leverage, and if he doesn't get that leverage, he absolutely shouldn't but, come back. But what a double-edged sword! Because I'm going to sit out because of money. Now, yeah, but the only reason you should fight is money, to be honest. Well, but hold on, I'm going to sit out because of money. I'm going to lose. He's not fr- losing prime though. years of of my fighting career. <laughs> but but Connor's he's young. But Connor's he's, he's in, young. but Connor's in a weird spot. But Connor's in a spot where he's got that. He's got his liquor company. He's me, got a clothing me, company. He's making. He's not walking away from anything that's having me, any impact you, on his life besides buying another house in Ibiza. Let you me know? let me give you the double edged sword though. What's the opposite? Fight for no money, and then at the end of your career, you got nothing anyway. Like what? You're you're so caught between. I got money, so I'll wait until I can make more. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Or 
I'm in this for sport, I need to compete, and I need to, I don't care about money. And then you got your brains kicked in and nothing at the end yeah, of your career. It's, it's a very it's, double-edged sword. That's why I say if you're financially secure and you don't need to do it, walk away. Yeah, don't do Unless it. Unless there's some massive pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. Well, he's yeah. Irish, so you never that's know. Made, made, made sense to throw <laughs> that there. That's that's one Irishman talking about another here. So you know, but if oh. I'm a, if I'm a young guy coming up, I got it. I got it. You get in there and you're grinding. I got to do what know. I got to yeah. do. Yeah. But I mean, the one like I don't. Why is DC still fighting? He really doesn't need to. He was looking for the big payday fight. I mean, him fighting Miosic is a dangerous end of his career. I think that's a really tough fight. What? And he's talking about fighting Jones again. That's the one where. You're talking about a guy who's got a really good commentating job, made a lot of money, could live the rest of the days comfortably, but the athlete in him is going, I want to be John Jones. He really can't walk away from that. That's so really that, hard for him. I, you know. I understand that. If I had a nemesis that I never defeated, I'd probably kill myself. But then you got BJ Penn. BJ Penn's lost seven in a Holy row. Holy shit, his last fight. Seven in was a row. Ridiculous. I mean, he came out and he looked good for the first uh, round and a half. But he always does. He looked great. He always then, looks good for a moment. Where did he go? He just checked Dude, out. He's old. What are you, yeah, what are you, you, he's old. Yeah. Look at Jens Pulver. How many fights? Jens Pulver right. lost like 12, 13 fights in regional organizations to like 0 and 1 guys. Yeah. Like you just get to a point where You're old. you can't do it anymore. Like we all have that feeling. Like I'm not kidding. When I was 40 and I fought my last fight, I was like, I am going to murder this kid. I'm warming up in the back. And I said, I'm going to get my ass kicked. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh shit, I didn't realize. Yeah. I'm like, I should have paid more attention in that training camp to how poorly I was actually doing. Yeah. Like, but you have this feeling in you where you're like, I can fucking do it. I can do it. I'm seeing these guys do it. I can do it better. And you just got to wake up one day and you've got to accept the reality of, you know what? You I slowed lost, down. I lost my edge. Yeah, your reflexes aren't what they were. You're, it's just, I You can see it. You can't do it. You know, whatever yes, it is. I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but you get to this weird point where you just can't do it anymore. Yeah. And at this level, that's a motherfucker. At, at a high level? I know guys that are 32 years old that can't do it anymore. That are done. I know guys that in their 20s can't do it anymore. It When it's over, it's over. Yeah, it doesn't come back either. Because you just, I don't know. I, I Well, how about Cowboy, though? Look at him. He's having a great end of the career. But he never lost it. He's always had it. No, I mean, Nate Diaz put a whooping on him. Yeah, but... So what? Everybody loses, but he didn't lose it. Like, Mirko Krokop... He lost a lot when he went to welterweight, too. He lost a bunch of times in Mirko a row. Mirko Krokop, when he got knocked out by Gonzaga, never had it again. You ain't lying. We you talk know? about that fight all the time. Forever. Because that's, like, that's such the one, man. a classic, like, oh, you're done. I mean, Chuck Liddell, after he got knocked out by Rampage... That was it for him, too. Done. Because... That's again. Then, what ended up happening? He got knocked, knocked out by Rampage. Got he got knocked, knocked out, by, out Rashad. by Rashad, Forrest Griffin. Yep. Yeah. He just and just then, the knockouts started piling up. Wow. But again, but that goes to the psychology of it in a lot of ways. I think that you build up this idea that you're invincible in your head when you go on a run. You go on a run where you win like nine out of ten fights for mm-hmm. over a couple of year period, and you start to feel like nobody can touch you. Well, and see, then when you get touched, and you're like. As we get older, too, like, think about this. All right, so I don't mean to get too personal on any of it, but, like, you, you, you fucked up your business once, right? I fucked it way up. Okay, but think about this. If you fucked up your business today, it would be a lot harder to recover than it was 
when you recovered. It would be a lot harder to recover. and Because it, the it, energy of youth isn't there anymore the same yeah, way. Yeah, also, it would be a lot harder to fuck up. I learned from that experience um, but to, just to think put about, safeguards in place so nothing like that will happen again. But think about what effort it took to rebuild. Say something catastrophic. Say Sandy hit your okay. street and wiped your business out cool. and you had to start over again. Not like you fucked up. Like something, something fucked it some, up. A truck runs out of control and runs through your shop. Insurance. And, and, but, then, <laughs> but then they say to you, you know what, there was a, there's a problem and it's going to take 12 months for us to get you the money. And you got to figure out like over the next 12 months how the fuck you're going to get your shit together. Right. There's Let's a not hustle. talk there's about a, this weirdness and there's a level there's of There's a hustle, hustle involved. Yep. And it, as at 45, it's like I could still do it. But do you really? I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't want to. So, a fighter who's 35 is 100 in combat sport years. Oh, Jesus. So, think yeah. about it, though. You get knocked out at 35, you don't want to have to go do what an 18 year old did again. No. Like the shit that I did when I was 18 to 24, I don't ever want to do that to myself again. And that's why I'm like, I can walk. Because I'm like, I did it. I'm good. Yeah. And so think about it. Like a guy like Crow Cop, a guy like, you know, uh, Crow like Cop's Chuck still Liddell. doing it. Well, Crow Cop, he retired actually. He officially retired. He did officially retire? Yeah. Because he, he came back to the all drug Olympics, gave him he one did. more yes, run. He did. And then it didn't go the way he wanted to a couple times. And he was like, you know what? I can't keep doing this. So it, it piles up. But Chuck fought Tito. I'm guessing they threw a lot of money at him, uh, you know, a few months ago, whenever that but was. But that's the prime example we're talking about. This Boy. fucking guy is like, well, let me try again. He looked like Frankenstein stumbling, you know, for the first time off the table. I was like, oh, my God, dude. But in his head, he's going, I'm trying to reclaim it. But he knows. He knows. That's why he goes out. I'm not sure he threw a punch in that fight either. I don't know. Honestly, I didn't watch it. I just watched the highlight. I, I saw the highlight, too, yeah. yeah. But I think the highlight was the entire fight. It, it was... Uh, when you get to that point where you don't have that drive anymore in you, where you're pretending, you're trying to talk yourself into it, Right. you got to know you're done. You're fucked. But you got like you got to wake up to the reality of you're fucked. That's some serious soul searching there, to You know, that's, that's some serious self-awareness. Like, yeah. Your life is... The, Fighting, you know, like but, but the, you got to retire yourself. But the woulda, shoulda, coulda is what kills us because right. we look back and we say, "Well, I wish I did that." Well, maybe I can get some of that money I lost back. Mm. That's where why gambling fucks you because you sit in front of you sit at that table and you're like, "Well, I lost this, but I won that, and they owe me this," and you keep going, and by the time you're done, you're broke. Yeah, and you're like they took all my money. Fuck. I and love gambling, but not like that. I ain't going to a casino and it'll kill you. And they always win. Yeah. Because I'll, the I'll human, throw money on fights. I'll throw yeah. money on... on Let's say the blackjack table for a fucking evening. You're insane. You're done. You're never going to come out on top. Nope. And it, it, it's just... But that's the... the when I see a dude on a nine-fight tear winning streak, and, and this is bad, but I immediately go, he's due. Due for a loss. Bet him heavy. So, Bet his opponent heavy because he's due for a loss. People always say to me, like, they, they see you see a guy going to tear, and then you see him lose, and they're like, oh, that's that's a freak thing. He's going to come back. And I always say he's going to lose the next two out of three fights. Mm-hmm. He's going to lose the next two out of three. Then maybe he'll come back. Frankie Edgar's prime example of Yes, okay. That motherfucker that. goes on a tear, loses, gets a weird little blip, a couple fights, then goes on a tear again. And then yeah. gets a weird blip, and then goes on a tear again. Well, he figures it out. I forget the dude Cerrone fought before um, he just fought Iaquinta. 
That dude he fought and he beat the shit out of in the... Young guy. Yeah. yeah, Young guy. I know who he is. I don't know his name. I forget his name. But, you know, the the talks that I was having with other people about that fight is this dude's young. He's knocking people dead. Cerrone went to 170, had a few losses there. Now he's coming back down to 155. And I said, dude, he's a veteran with more tricks up his sleeve than this kid's ever seen in his life. He will win that fight. And... You know, we could have argued all day long about it, and that's exactly what he did. I honestly was I was fifty fifty on it, and I was in the same locker room with him warming up. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I and I looked at one of the guys in the corner. I was like, "Man, he's gonna get starched tonight." I was like, "Cowboy's done." Like I was like, "Holy shit!" He had a really bad weight cut, mm-hmm. but the, he used to start. He used to start slow. Yeah. And it was fifty fifty if he was coming on. Since he had his kid. Now it's a hundred percent. If he can get through the first round, you're in he's, trouble. He's gonna roll. You're in he's trouble. gonna start rolling yep. now. And now he's just gonna run it over. I don't know what it is, but he found this second wind gear now and it's just it's really working for him right it's now. It's pretty amazing. And so now I'm like, I have no opinion. I'm just gonna see where this goes because I can't tell. What happens against Ferguson? Now hold on. We're we're disregarding Ally Quinta being maybe the toughest son of a bitch I've ever seen in my life. I honestly picked Ally Quinta to drop him with an overhand right. And he hit him with the overhand yes, right he multiple did. times. Yes, he did. But it didn't hurt him enough. And then he kept just kept coming. Like, the tide is too strong with Cerrone right now. And, man, Ayak went to, was never out of it. At, at, right up to the end. He was chipped up, though. Even though he, would, he, he his, looked his like His legs he, were racked. That's when you first started going, oh, uh-oh. Ooh. Once his legs were going, yeah. you're like, mm. I was like, the knee's going to start landing in a minute. But, yeah, and he took that, you know, front kick right to the kisser yep. twice. Yep. <laughs> Tough son of a bitch. Yeah. Almost too dumb to know he's hurt. But uh, he he was still trying right to the end. What a warrior. What a great fighter. Yep. He had to gain I, fans from on, that. Honestly, Iaquinta is, I find there's a there's a perfect combination for athletes, like, in combat sports. is like, you have to be dumb enough to not realize you're hurt, yep. but smart enough to be able to adjust. Right. It's this weird thing. So, like, you don't want a highly, highly intelligent guy, because those guys are like, wait a minute, the damage is piling up, and this is going to be the long-term <laughs> effect of what it's going to be, and I don't want to do this anymore. And then you get the other guy who's so dumb, he doesn't realize that, like, he's going to be drooling on himself in 10 years, that they, I thought, they go too far. I like, thought, that's Mike Perry. I think Mike Perry is, like, fucking caveman I, fighter. I thought that about uh, Gaethje, and that boy was no, wrong. he's extremely he smart. He is a smart man. I never really listened to him talk. And then I listened to him talk, and I went, oh, he's not just going in there throwing bumps. I bump. think he has a master's degree in environmental science yeah. or something. And he's he wants a to retire. smart, smart man. He wants man. to retire at a very particular point and, like, go live in the desert and, like, study cactus yeah. or something. <laughs> and, uh, but, but from just uh, not listening to him talk and watching his fight, you go, this dude's a gorilla, you know. And, and like... All-American wrestler who never takes anyone down. Right, like You think he's weird. stupid because he won't wrestle, but no. then you're like, no, he's like, no, I just want 50K every time. Yeah. I want an extra check every yeah. time. I'm just going to keep banging man. out. Yep. Yep. I can't wait to see who they pair him with next. He also is coached by Trevor Whitman, who's actually an extremely intelligent coach. Trevor probably – Trevor gets a, gets his due from people in the know, but a, but a lot of people have him fly under the radar because – People consider him to be just a boxing coach, but he's an extremely intelligent guy. And he's somebody that I've known Trevor a long time. He's actually from Manasquan, New Jersey. Which uh, is awesome. But I don't know him from Manasquan. I know him from Denver days. But I've known him a long time. And he'll be the first one to tell you that like, when I first knew him, he wasn't the best person. He kind of had a epiphany about life. And 
the guy that he is today is not who I first met. That's pretty awesome. And there's like a massive evolution, and everybody that works with him, there's um, there's just something about the people that he's working with right now. Like at their core, there's a strength, and I think it comes from him and the adversity that he faced in his personal situation and the overcoming. And I think it's really rubbed off on his people. Like his people, just there's a strength to them, like an inner strength. It's it's a weird thing. I just noticed it last time when I was uh, when Carl. No, when David Branch won Philly, we, uh, Trevor was with us, and I was just like, "Damn, there's something different." Oh yeah, here. that was the that was yeah. the Barbosa Gaethje. Yep, yeah, and it was just poor Edson Barbosa. It was, it was a very interesting situation. Yo, the one thing people aren't talking about: Edson's wife went the fucking labor that night. Oh, wow. he had the kid the next day. He wasn't there. No, he was not mentally no. there. There's no way you could be, dude. I went. I was going to Brazil. <sighs> with Carl and my wife went to labor when I went on the plane and I was freaking out and I went to Brazil but I was never really there yeah like that's some serious shit <laughs> like I couldn't imagine your fighting. child is being I couldn't born imagine fighting yeah. knowing that my wife's going into labor and I'm not there yeah no uh uh-uh. uh yeah that that's crazy come back I Barbosa always does but yeah, the, the one thing back. with him is he takes a lot of damage he takes a lot of hits, Between man. the Khabib and the Gaethje fight, he yeah, took a lot of damage. He takes a lot of damage, and I don't know how long that's going to last. Who did he fight in between? I don't even remember. Did he? We need one of them uh, computer guys here looking this stuff up. I know. We need We need somebody. What, who did he fight, though? Didn't Kevin Lee? Fuck Kevin Lee did in fight City. Kev- Yes, he fought Kevin Lee. And he lost that fight, too. He lost that fight, too. He's on After, a three. And he put Lee... In, like, serious trouble. Yes. He had him doing the chicken dance, man. So, uh, it's, it's, I, I can't, I, it's a tough one to talk about because of the relationships, but he was with Mark Henry. Then he left and went to Florida. I think he went to Florida not so much because of his situation with Mark Henry as much as uh, the guy Anderson, who's the Muay Thai coach now at ATT, was his coach up here, and he was also Frankie's coach. Anderson Frank Franco? Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, uh, Franca. Franca. Yeah, he. I had to make him Italian. <laughs> he left. He left and went to ATT, and Edson went with him. And I also, I don't think Edson's wife liked New Jersey, so oh. and so they went down there. It, look, but, it takes um, a certain breed to like New Jersey. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> um, I don't know how a Brazilian could like it here, but um, he went to ATT. I find for the women, ATT is very good. I find with guys, when they go to ATT, it's weird. It depends upon the crew they get with because it's such a huge team and there's so many coaches. There's a particular group of people but at ATT. But if he followed Anderson down there. But I he mean, was stayed with Anderson, so it was good. But yeah. his sparring partners changed, his wrestling coaches changed, his boxing coach changes, his strength and conditioning coach changes. Everything changes. But Anderson's still around. I just saw him doing a thing over at uh, Madama. Yeah, he still comes up here, but he he's not up. coaching any of Mark Henry's guys anymore. Oh, okay. So... Like, he's not in with Ricardo anymore because he's at ATT now. Because oh, now they're, well, that makes they're sense. diametrically opposed, but he has relationships up here. But the thing is, when you go to ATT, it's a big change. Mm-hmm. And some people, that change is good because they're coming from a place where they needed that change. And then some people go there and it dumbs them down. I find one thing with ATT is guys lose footwork there based on who they're working with. Anderson's got really good footwork. His guys all have it. But there's a weird thing. I saw a lot of people that were movers would go to ATT and then they would start hanging in the pocket too much and they would start taking damage they never took before. And that was my thing with Edson. I always worry is that he He's takes gonna, damage as it is. If he, he stays needs to put, fucking move. Yeah. Man. 
Like that's it's run and gun with him. He that can't hang. An amazing kicker. Yeah, absolutely. An amazing kicker. Absolutely. Um, but even that only lasts so long before your legs can't take it anymore. Right. Your shins can only take so many hits. What? Uh, who else was it? Is that American top team? Joanna, well, Yo- right? Joanna went there, and I mean, well, the thing with her is every time she loses, she changes her whole life. Like she changes yeah. everything every time. <laughs> right. She's another is one. Is Junior Dos Santos with. down there? I think he was down there, right? I don't know. So many guys go there, leave, come back, go around, whatever. The team that I, that that uh, I'm not I'm not uh, fully in in belief of is that Hard Knocks team, Henry Hoof's team. I don't care if I say it, get mad at me. I'm not. I don't. I'm, I mean, Usman's out of there. Fine, but Usman's a wrestler. <laughs> Usman. I mean, Luke Rockhold went there, and his career has been not the best since he went there. Wasn't it? Uh, uh, where what's his name? Uh, just was. Uh, that's where Michael Johnson's at. Yes. Rashad ended there. Rashad, Rashad was going back and forth between here and there. Hooft is a good Dutch style kickboxing guy, but I that's why I like I mean I get it. Like he's good. But I don't where the hell I don't know. Dillashaw? If the, where did Dillashaw end up at? TJ? Yeah. He ended up in California. Bang Ludwig and him. That's it, Ludwig. Ludwig's right. going from Denver to California back that's and forth. It, Ludwig. Yeah. Ludwig's really good, but I think it's a particular guy. His style is uh Dwayne's got a real particular style, and I think Dwayne's a, a, a highly intelligent guy, but uh, he's another one that, personality-wise, it's got to work. Like, yeah, it takes uh, a particular person to, to work with him, and it takes a particular physical person to do his style. Like, I think he was really good for the little guys. I don't think anybody 170 or above can move the way he moves. Yeah, I mean... His style is so unorthodox. Dillashaw looked like a ninja, but, you know... When you're that was that Cejudo fight was crazy. I was I was like, how the fuck did that go down like that? I really I thought he would do all right. Oh, he got starched. I'm not, I was not. I'm and not, he complained about the stoppage. Bullshit, nah. dude! You were never in the fight. You got he got a two, he got the good old New Jersey two arm shove to the <laughs> chest, and he fell down. I I'm uh, I'm I don't know where I stand on Cejudo yet. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, I think he fought uh, very weight-drained, <laughs> diminished. Yeah, but PJ he, yeah, Dillashaw. I, just, that, yeah. I don't. I don't know how I feel about his skill set at this point. I think he's got the mindset of an Olympian, which yeah, is really beat, good. He did beat Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, but still, even he's an Olympic guy. The dude's an Olympic guy. Yeah, he's on another level. Yeah. But in terms of MMA, I'm still kind of like, all right. I don't he's got to get he's punched really in the face MMA a bunch yet. of times yeah. before I. I it's weird. Some people can get by on certain things, but everything runs its course, and you have to. At the end of the day, you have to have a deep MMA skill set. That was um. Well, that's Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz became a one-trick pony. And, yeah. And that once that trick wore out, I mean, not much left. And he had a lot of injuries, a lot of weird shit going on. Yeah, he's another one. His mentality always worked for him. His cardio always worked for him, but his body never backed it up. I don't know why. Some people are really, really. I mean, Jesus, look at uh. Uh, Whitaker. Whitaker's always... Uh, Whitaker, it's not even like... There's certain guys that they don't get hurt. They have catastrophic body failure. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's not like, oh, uh, you know, I hurt my back. It's like they... Yeah, like, he's like internally... Dominic Cruz, but Dominic Cruz, like, tore his groin. Yeah. Tore the bottom of his foot. You know, like, blew his knee completely out. Yep, he just kept... 
Whitaker blows his knee completely out, blows his shoulder completely and out. Then whatever that a hernia a, that has like a hiatal hernia, like did he have his, a staph infection at some point? He had a staph infection, had a hiatal hernia, shoulder, knee, all that, and and I'm like, I don't know. There's just some people that their bodies just can't do this. I'm interested in that fight without Asanya. I always, and Whitaker. you know what it is. The one thing with me, if I have a personal, if I have a personal tick towards somebody, um, you shouldn't listen to me. There are certain fighters that I just I have weird personal issues with, so I'm always looking for a reason for them to lose, not to win. So I'm not very I'm yes, because you're a fan. I don't have like a very. You are who you are. I, I, I lose my analytical abilities right, with certain people. Let me people. be analytical, but right that now. Asanya, I'm just going to give you my hit on that. I didn't believe. The last fight, I started to because he showed adver- the ability to, to deal with adversity. Just like Meatloaf, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's uh, what I was just going to say, sorry. man. Sorry. I, 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 now you're just copying me. No, I thought it. Then you said it. Yeah. He was. He, he showed that he can handle <laughs> that, adversity. Yes. <laughs> and that was what he had not shown before. But I, I know the guys he's fighting, and I know at the level that he's fighting, and I know how hard it is to do certain things. And like with the Brunson fight, I was kind of like, you know, oh, what it's Brunson. But, yeah. then, but again, Brunson's a motherfucker to deal with when he gets inside on you. And if he, he did hits counter you, it's it. It's going to hurt. <laughs> like, I want Carl to fight Brunson. And I, I know for Carl, that's going to be a motherfucker against the fence. It's a hard fight off the fence. Israel Asanya weathered that storm and did his thing. Adesanya has the ability to Adesanya doesn't, do certain things I mean, really, really, really well. I could be wrong. He doesn't appear to be a one punch knockout guy. But he's a one kick knockout guy. Oh, okay, I'll give you that. But it, it seems like it's a volume, 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 man, and 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 sneaky. Like you, you, you don't realize how many times you were just hit, and then the round's over. And that's that swagger thing. There's some guys, there's some guys you watch them fight, and they're just tanks. Like Carl is somebody I consider to be more of a tank. Like he's got like a real, he's just he, he, he's got a real thick shell and throws bombs. Adesanya's got that like fuck you to him where he's like I'm gonna play with you and I'm gonna pick you apart. It's Slick, different, smooth. Yeah, like he he's got like that like swagger style where yeah. it's like it's I'm gonna slick you. It's and here's it's the not th- subtle. <laughs> it's not subtle at all. But here's the thing too, when someone like him comes in and all you hear when he has s- some fights that he won. But they weren't barn burners. They weren't, you know. And and you hear the hype machine revving up and going, this guy's the next greatest, most amazing thing. And But what your eyes are seeing isn't really telling you that. Now, I don't know if I just need more convincing <laughs> and that's why this last fight convinced me or... Are they just try, you know they're doing their promotion thing and maybe he he was a bust and he didn't well, turn out to be anything special. The, one, the only thing with him is that he talked the talk, yep. so they were riding the talk, but he's walked the walk consistently. He's a kickboxer coming into MMA, and he's really neutralized the takedowns. Great takedown and defense. And he's figured out how to make his kickboxing work in the UFC on the main cards. In the big fights. Right. He didn't fight the best guys on the way up, per se. But now... But he made a count. But then he went to Kelvin, who... That's a tough go for anybody. And I honestly think the Whitaker fight for him is good. But don't... Here's here's my thing with Whitaker. If Whitaker 
semi-healthy. He's never fully healthy. He's no. But a semi-healthy Whitaker has a ferocity to him that I don't know if Adesanya's weirdness. Like I think you can you can overcome the unorthodox with just a wave of ferocity and power that Whitaker brings. Whitaker is just he's just this overwhelming force of grit that is. It's going to be a really it's weird fight. It's going to be a weird fight, but it's going to be. I'm interested. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Can interested. this weirdness overcome the charging bull? Yeah, and, yeah. And he's and he's not just a, a charging bull. He's he's smart. You know, I, you, you I, don't get through fights, two fights with Romero. You know, and come out victorious without the fight that I really wanted to see though is I wanted to see Adesanya versus Romero. That's I would have loved to have seen I really would have liked because Romero, or even Jacare. I would have loved to seen him fight Jacare. Jacare just lost to our Hermanson. man Hermanson. No, that's just I. I don't even. That, Hermanson, dude. Okay. Wow. When Talk about caught, a weird when, style. When he caught Branch, we were like, "What the fuck?" Like I honestly, I was like, "Did he just run into that? Like, did he figure that choke out?" And then when he fucking hit Jacare with it, oh, yeah. Jacare in the back afterwards was like, "Yeah, I went in and out a couple times." I was like. Oh shit! That guy like he's that's legit. His, that's his move. Um, I think Hermanson is absolutely beatable. I think that uh, he's absolutely beatable. But you'll see uh, my, my John Jones do it. <laughs> my my um, my my uh, my problem with Hermanson with Branch was I think I underestimated Hermanson. Um, I definitely underestimated his ground game. I really, because I'm not looking at. I'm. I watched all of his fights, and I'm like, I'm not seeing what he's saying to be true. You're not seeing that slick jujitsu. Uh, but I'm like, not like he's saying his ground and pound is so bad. Wrestler, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I'm just not seeing this. And his stand up is so awkward and weird. And it's totally weird. beatable. And um, I mean, Branch cracked him with Branch. Got it was weird. Hermansa came out so hard. Branch was uncomfortable right away. It was such a fast fight. It I was mean, a fast fight. The first dude. couple seconds, Branch was kind of like, what the fuck? And then threw a couple punches, and those punches were whizzing by, and then one landed pretty good, and then Hermanson just clinched up immediately. He went for that that foot sweep. Yep. And when he did it again, that's where we were like, man, this guy's relentless there. When he Very hit that, tentative, but man. But he hit that like, second. You, you, you got to. He when hit that second you. foot sweep and took Branch down. I was like, oh, shit. But Not then my, tentative, tenacious, very tenacious yeah. fighter. And then I said, okay, we're on the ground. We're going to be fine. And then when Branch got caught, I was like, how the fuck did this just happen? I was like, how the fuck did this guy just pull that off? And then when I saw him fight Jacques Array, I was like, oh, he did it again. that's why it happened because this guy's just... That's his shit. Yeah, he's, he, he's tenacious. That's going to run out because he, he hasn't fought anybody... They can take him into deep waters. Straight up, I think Carl knocks him the fuck out in two rounds. Knocks, not even like, not even like a little hit. I think he f- puts a fucking hole in his head. I don't think he can get in on Carl because, I mean, the way Santos cracked him. Mm-hmm. Santos, when Santos stopped playing around and just said, "I'm going to hurt this guy," he yeah. hurt him. It, I haven't seen anybody else just say, "Fucking, I'm going to hurt this guy." And well, I, the and minute Carl you're on your heels and you're looking at the weirdness, you're fucked. Yeah, and I'm not saying Carl's better than Branch or anything like that either. So nobody get fucking butthurt out here. But I think styles make fights, and I think yeah. I think Carl has a style that would neutralize Hermanson's ability. But Hermanson, I don't even know if he made top 15 yet. I don't oh know yeah, they, did they he's, put him? Where they put after him? he beat Jacare? He's like number five or something. That's ridiculous. I don't think he's that good. Oh, dude, and who else? Oh, the dude that uh, Brunson just fought, Theodoro. He sucks. 
Man, I, he's top 15. He sucks. He's ranked 15 right now. I'll tell you funny what we were at Invicta. So I've been evicted with Deanna for her last fight. And Theodoro's the ring guy there. So he's there at weigh-ins. And Carl's been calling him out forever. So I got Carl on my phone. I put him on uh, Instagram video chat. I was like, hey, hey, come here. He was like, what? I was like, I got someone wants to say hi to you. <laughs> I could give him the phone. And it's Carl. And Carl's like, yo, motherfucker, when are you going to fight me? <laughs> and he was like, hey, brother, how you doing? I would love to see that fight. The weirdest, most, I was sitting there He's going. so unorthodox. I'm sitting there going, what the fuck am I watching right now? I, I, I. Uh, He's like doing cartwheels. <laughs> you know? I don't know, man. Like, um, I don't mean to call anybody out too bad on this, but I, I have a hard time believing he's natural, too. Uh, yeah, he's he's a big guy. There, there, there's some. His physical structure does not read as natural to me. So I don't know. He's Canadian. I don't know, man. Ugh, I don't he's know. He's got that Paul Bunyan type of structure to him. I've had people tell me he's pretty strong, and I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. But I, I think his style's really weird. I, I think that, uh, I think Carl would punch a hole in him too. I think Carl, he can't kick with Carl for damn sure. And if he tried to box him, he would. He would have to wrestle him. And I don't know if he actually could get in enough to make that happen. I think if Carl knuckles up with He's him, it would be a doing all that spinny shit. Yeah. But he don't, when he has trouble, he'll wrestle. With Brunson, he couldn't wrestle. No. Brunson's too strong. Yep. So Brunson, like, he went to Hard Knocks. I was saying how I'm not a real fan of that team. But Brunson went there, and that's been really good for him. Brunson, that Brunson was not the same Brunson I saw fight Adesanya. That was a different guy. Bronson right now is definitely in a good spot. Carl and him have been jawing at each other a little bit too. Yeah. Carl fight anybody. He's crazy. Um, I don't know Brunson if that's the seemed, fight for us right now. Bronson seemed like he realized in that fight that he needed to be patient and not fooled with the trickery. <laughs> and Brunson just try, was trying to bum rush everybody for a while and they kind of got over it. And then working. when it wasn't working, then he, mentally I think he was breaking and then getting caught where I think he's learning a little bit more patience, as you said. And yeah, that we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens with him going forward. He's one of those guys that he's just always there. He's never really doing anything where you're like, wow, but he's always there. He yeah. went, he, he's winning some key fights, but he loses the big ones. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. There's a lot of guys like that. That Cowboy loses the big ones, man. Well, that's my one with um, with uh, DC, like Cormier. It's like amazing for me to see that he's like two division champ. Uh, he's two division champ. Never beat Jones. That's a weird one, but uh, yeah, perennial man. second place finisher. Yeah. In his wrestling career, he never won the big ones. Yeah. He was always second or third, and no matter what. You say that really, that is a huge hurdle for people to get over. I know extremely talented athletes that figure out a way to lose the big one every fucking time because they're just not mentally designed to win it. Chael Sonnen was just talking about this. Okay. About himself. Yeah, he's a perennial loser. He, what, man? He has some of the greatest beatdowns in history that he loses in the last second. Yeah, that... that. Anderson Silva fight. What about the fight in WEC when he got oh, armbarred by that right. fucking uh, game-bred whatever guy? Yeah. Got armbarred with like three seconds left after putting on the beating of all beatings. Game-bred. Just gave it back. Like, literally, Charles Sonnen gives it away. I mean, the Anderson Silva fight is classic Chell. Whooping ass. And then like, just okay, let's just him. lose. Let's lose with four seconds left. How the fuck do you do that? I don't know, but he's done it a few times. I had a fight... When I was, I think I was 23, and I remember 
halfway through the second round, I am smashing this person. I mean, I'm smashing every way possible. And I was like, all right, I've like, clearly I've won this fight. And then I went into this weird coast mode. And then I like came to realize at the end of the third round that I gave it all back and then some. And I was like, I think I fucking lost. And then I got <laughs> desperate and then I really lost. I think I just fucked up. And I was like, <laughs> how? And people afterwards were like, how do you go from smoking somebody to like giving it away? And I was like, I have no idea how the fuck this just happened. You just checked out. You were like, I got this. But then it became, it was a problem because then I was scared to death of yeah, it then, happening again. Then and I had to do? take a break and I had to like get my mind right because my brain was all screwed up. I had to I had to really rewire myself. I've had a couple times in my career where I would have weird anomalies that I have to work through. I had one fight when I was 21 where I fought in Denver and I thought I was going to die because I wasn't cardio prepared and I'm in altitude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the first round, I was hurting so bad that I literally, I wanted, I wanted to like cry and go home. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I had two more rounds to go and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And at the end of the last round, I walked out of there. I collapsed backstage, put me on oxygen. It was the most painful experience of a fight I ever had in my life. And it took me about a year before I wasn't scared to death when the cardio. So I literally, I would go for a run and fatigue would hit me. And I was scared. I was going back to that place and I would stop. That you couldn't push through. I would not. I, I couldn't. I could. I would hit a certain point where I, I would start to get anxiety that it was going to go back to that spot. And I would just like, fuck this. And I couldn't. Like, I literally lost the ability to push. And I had to I had to really sit down and had to take care of some mental stuff. And I had to put myself through some particular training. And I had to change my response to adversity because I literally, like, I just shut down. My body was like... No, we don't want to do that again. Yeah. I was like, but I have to. It's my job. And then I had to rewire myself. And then I never, ever had a problem with fatigue again. Once like, you got through that. Once I got through it, I felt like I could do anything. I could push through anything. I have solved the problem. Yeah. Wow. I just found the internal strength to keep going. But when you found the problem, it was like you ran into that brick wall right there. Ruined my life. Ruined my fucking life. Like, I literally was like, I'm the biggest pussy piece of shit. Like, I'll never be able to do this again. I don't ever want to feel that way. Literally, I was scared of the boogeyman. Yeah. Like, this thing is lurking behind me. Mm -hmm. There's this, like... Monster in the closet. I'm going to make you fucking die. Yeah, it was just... It was like I created a, a... I just created a boogeyman in my head. I think we all do it. I don't think it's just fighting. I think we all convince ourselves about certain things at times. And that's why... Like, I, as much as I was saying that, you know, you can't feel you're special or the chosen one or any of that shit because it's just not true. But at the same time, you do have to believe positive thought. You can't fabricate positive thought. You truly have to have some 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 uh, reality in the things you're saying. And you do have to believe in your ability to overcome if you're ever going to be put in a, in a negative spot, whatever. You got to believe. Uh, it, it is... It, the psychology of it all, it's, it's a weird thing. You, well, I mean, here's a parallel for you. Um, you know, you can have all the coaches and the trainers around you. You can have the best training partners. But when that cage door closes, it's, you, man. it's you and you alone that has to go through that. Get punched, get kicked, get taken down, get choked. You know, when there's, there's a weird, there's a, when it's right, when your team's right, you really aren't alone out there. As much as we can say that you're in there by yourself and you do have to make the thing. Um, well, think about when you're getting... But, it, but if, it's in a, if you have a bad situation, you have the pressure to perform. 
Right. When you're in a good situation, you have the motivation to overcome. When you feel that you represent your team and you're going to overcome because that's who you are and that's what you do is very different than I'm afraid to let them down as much as I don't want to misrepresent them. They're two completely different psychologies. One, you're afraid of failure. The other one is like, fuck this. This is who we are. I'm going to do this because that's what we stand for. There's a strength in that. One's fear, one's strength. So when you're in a good coaching situation, you're fighting for your coaches right. as much as yourself, and there's an energy to that. Uh, you know, if you're afraid of the retribution, if you have a bad fight, that's just a horrible scenario. That's a horrible yeah. scenario. And But again, that's like when you're fighting for yourself or you're fighting for the crowd. When you're fighting for yourself and you're comfortable with it, it's a totally different place than if you're fighting to appease the crowd. Because if you're trying to appease the crowd and you care what the crowd has to say... You're in man, trouble, man. It's just... That's just bad because half I would think there's more pressure trying to please your coaches and your 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 team than the crowd. I would think the crowd just kind of fades off, and it's more about the work you guys put I in. It, I think it depends on the individual. Yeah, and I also think it depends on the team because there are some teams that are fair weather teams that when things are great, they're telling you you're good, and when it's not good, they turn their back on you. I see it every day. I see so many coaches that ride talent. I see it at the highest level. I see really high level coaches supposed high-level coaches that they have a collection of people that were good when they got there and they're just riding them until they can't ride them anymore and then they move on to the next right and it's they have a pipeline they say the right things uh there 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 are there's weird things in this industry of uh mutually agreed upon ideas that bring people together um you'll see pockets of it where people are all of the same think and that's why they stay together. Okay. Like, I'm not being specific here because I don't want to throw anything under the bus. But you'll see there are people that believe in the same things that tend to be together. Yeah. And they're not coming together because it's the best meeting of skill sets. It's almost like it's just they're coming up with excuses to work together. Right. And then, you know, when it's good, it's good. But when it goes bad, you know, everybody's They're all fair weather. Yeah. And because it... Because the good overshadows the bad in a spectacle-type sport a lot of times. Yeah. Like, you don't see where the cracks were really there, and they get whitewashed, and they move on to next. And then they erase that by riding the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy. And that's why um, I don't I don't ever ride talent. Um, I don't go after guys that are really talented guys. I tend to I'm, – I'm weird. I guess it's because i got to fuck you and me with everything that I would rather take somebody that's in a bad spot and turn them – around than to ride somebody that's doing well that's more of a challenge for you and i'm crazy so i keep doing it but it's the most satisfying aspect for me because i guess i'm a sucker for people as it is anyway i really want to see people succeed Yeah, man so who gives a shit so when i see that's your thing but when i see somebody has that talent and they just don't have people paying attention to them and i feel like our relationship could be beneficial for everybody i go for it i mean deanna bennett's prime example deanna bennett was uh she was in a spot where she was turning into a sparring partner more so than a fighter pursuing her own career. Yeah, which is not cool. Which man. is tough. It just happens. And she was part of a big group. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was part of. And I'm not disparaging any of the people that were working with her or anything. It was just in a position where her personality and what the team was doing, she just kind of corralled herself into the role nobody else really did it right was just, okay her personality is such that just she needs went a particular direction. thing yeah. and it just kind of fucked itself up and then she literally came over worked out one time 
I was like, look, this is what I think you need to do. She agreed with me. We started to do it. And, you know, we have a, a win, mm-hmm. but that was a key win. So she's in Invicta. Invicta put on a tournament to come up with a number one contender for 125. She beat the tournament favorite handedly in the in the first round of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Now she's fighting... Um, Oh my God! What the fuck is her name? Uh, I just lost it. Uh, she's fighting this Mexican girl out of Pueblo. Who's? Uh, it'll be a tough fight. It's Angel's gonna be a real- from Pueblo. Really? Yeah. It's gonna be a tough fight. They're they're uh, so the winner of this gets to fight the champ. So that fight's coming up. But again, the the point on it was that it's a it, w- it was a redemption relationship for us. It was like to redeem her career, and that was really exciting for me. And even with, with my with Carl. We've always taken on the big challenges, and that's why things work for us. Because I'm—I was not. Carl's a naturally talented guy, but we were taking on massive challenges together, and that was the exciting aspect of it. Where we're fighting right. outside of where where we should on paper, yeah. and fuck it. And I mean, I don't take reckless challenges, uh, but I do take advantage of opportunities because my people are always in shape and we always are audacious enough yeah. to be able to say, you know what, everybody's human, everybody's got holes in their games, and if we can figure it out, we will. That's it. Like, I don't think there's any, there's no such thing as Superman. I don't give a fuck how many fights somebody wins. Like, experience matters, but we all got the same structure, and that structure can be broken down and, if the right game plan is implemented. And if they're not on steroids, you're fine. I don't give a fuck about steroids. <laughs> Honestly, I don't give a fuck it's about steroids It's not going to make either. you fight better, like knowledge-wise better. Well, this is where EPO Might. gets scary. We'll talk about TJ on that. Like, TJ being on EPO? It gives you a big gas tank. So, you know even just from training, it's very difficult to stay technically correct when you're trying to find your next gulp of air oh yeah so if you have the ability to feel fatigue later you get to stay focused on the job longer right so it's not going to make you technically better it's just going to make your technique last that much longer right your and opponent's going to start slipping before you do so while the other guys as going, they're getting fatigued where's my where's my wind going the other guy's still saying well i need to do this and i need to do that i'm going to put this on him and that on him and the other guy's going fuck i just got to get through this round yep and let me get some air let me get some water try it again like it, fatigue fucks with you there's that saying fatigue makes cowards of all men it it's not as much as it makes you a coward is it when you get fatigued it sucks you into yourself yeah and you stop focusing on what's going on whatever's in front of and you and now you're just fighting this internal dialogue of like how do i keep going how yeah. do i keep going how do i keep going and that's the bitch and that's the thing, man. When and you're in your head like that, woo. And so if you're on steroids more than anything, it stops. It, it diminishes that. Is he going to come back? And it, are we going to see, uh, you know, a dude with problems gassing? No, I think TJ's – look. Uh, or I, you think he's going to take look, a nice I try, break? I try and be careful with what I say because I, I – Well, cause, you're more involved but, than I am. But so. at the same time – I think once you have the cheating gene, it's not going to go away. Okay. And there are certain guys that are going to Costa Rica. They're going oh, to yeah. different doctor's offices. They have certain relationships with particular manufacturers. There is a lot, there's a lot of weirdness. There are certain people that I know for a fact are doing certain things. And, I mean, TJ, once he started talking about how he's in with stem cell and all that, I'm like, okay. Oh. And the guys that are doing the PRP – 
like we fought uh, Cesar Fuea and he's talking about how he's on PRP. <laughs> I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to call it straight out. He's even managed by Carl's management team too. I don't give a fuck. There's no way that guy's natural. There's no fucking way that guy's natural. <laughs> no. We, no fucking way. You know, there was, a, the there was about, here. you know, 300 of us watching that fight that night. And I went, who is this fucking monster? I mean, he looks like the thing from uh, the yeah, Fantastic like, Four. I was here. like, what is going on? And, to come, and with all the injuries he's had over the years, yeah. to be able to come on that strong. And he's fighting back in Brazil. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Brazilians, USADA is uh, Busada, whatever. They don't <laughs> test to the same goddamn standards. I'm sorry. There's there are some people coming out of Brazil that are way too muscled that up. That are very questionable. <laughs> like like that guy Costa wants to get mad and like he's like yeah. people call him out. I'm sorry. You can I, I, I've been doing this a long time. I'm looking at him. I'm like, okay, it's pretty much impossible to have the cardio that he has, carry the muscle that he has, to have the low body fat that he has. Like, this is not this is not a normal person. No, this is not somebody that's like you know. You look like taking a his vitamins and yeah. working out. Like you look no, like you're a wrestler an, from the eighties. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> Come on, stop it. Like Romero, different. Like that guy. Like genetically, that guy's a genetic freak. I also think he's like a holdover experiment from the Soviets in fucking. Cuba. He really, I mean, he he genetically. Come on, man. His genetics are insane. I, I I'm not gonna I'm lifelong not gonna, wrestler. Yeah. But would you be shocked if you found out that he popped for something? I honestly wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if anybody got popped. Yeah. Because I think at this high level, I think the temptation, I think the science, the I opportunity, the yeah. opportunity. There's so much shit going on. I mean, they're my own guy. My own guys. I wouldn't be surprised if anybody popped. Carl's probably the one guy because I know how hard he works and how like scared to death. I don't think he's on anything right now. I don't think he takes any fucking supplements. I don't. I think smart, but it's because you get a tainted supplement and then you're a cheater. But it's not. Uh, you man, know. You know. It's it's so fuck. Fuck supplements. But the hardest part about this, the hardest part about this conversation for me is that I'm really against. I'm against the cheating, but then at the same time, I'm like. Once you start breaking into the top ten, and you're looking at these fucking monsters, and you know what some people are doing and not doing, do? I'm like, yeah, man, I don't want to, I don't want to be the righteous guy who doesn't fucking get the shot because it, you know you're taking the noble route. Like it gets, it gets very fucking murky, man. Like it's gonna be one in a hundred guys that's gonna thread the needle and not. I think you gotta participate. have. I think you gotta have. Uh, you know, a mindset of things are this way, and I'm gonna figure figure out how to navigate those murky waters without being. Stupid. I'm never gonna tell somebody to do anything. I'm always gonna say you don't need it. I will always say it. I've always said it. I'm never changing my tune. I know guys that are on it, and I flat out said to them, I said, "You just created a mental weakness for yourself. You will never be the ch- the same when you come off it. You're fucked." You're fucked, you're fucked, you're fucked. Stay off it. Go as far as you can without it. I still push it that way. But I, I'm i looking at every one of these guys, and I'm saying, they look at that belt, and they look at that opportunity, and they look at that. But, but look if the at wrong it. person at the right time comes through, bad shit's going to happen. Yeah, but look at it. They're getting caught. Not to the degree that they're using. You just had a champion relinquish his belt because he got popped. Yeah, but how long has he been on it before he finally got popped? And well, the only reason he got popped is because of an anomaly in the testing process. 
I mean, I know I know that HGH wasn't being tested for up until about nine to ten months ago, and then I know a ton of guys that you saw a lot of fucking needles around that the needles all disappeared because they found out about it. If you have the right people in the know telling you what's going, USADA doesn't tell you when the testing changes. They, they just, just decide. They just decide they're going to change it. So there there are people that tell people like, hey, this change is coming. So there's there's pipelines of information people know. They try and keep it as above board as possible, but at the same time, there's certain people have access to information better than others. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, I think at the, the end of the day, I think there's a lot of people <laughs> that are complicit in in the usage because I think, I think you just gotta know what you're we're, dealing we're, with. I, I I think that you know as much as you know we're, we we want to clean sport. I think they'll look the other way. I mean, Brock Lesnar's the prime example. They needed him for pay-per-views <laughs> so they don't put him in the fucking testing pool and then they give him a fucking uh, exemption waiver. John Jones gets popped in fucking Vegas so they move him to California over and they're saying and Pico and Graham over. and all this shit. Give me a break. Like, stop it. Stop it. Like, I don't want to hear another thing about a Pico Graham. Like, if you have it in you, you have it in you for a very specific fucking reason. Oh, it's reason. Pico Graham. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it, it's tough. I, I went, You have people... Money, opportunity, you're always going to have cheating. You will always have it forever and ever and always. No matter what it is we do. I don't care if it's if it's business, if it's fighting, whatever. Whenever there's winning and losing and things to gain and things to lose and people, I think we're all just, I think it's just we have a weakness in us and, and we're always tempted by it and I, I think it's a very small minority of people that have the strength to not do it. I mean, we have to really change the culture of things to, to eliminate it but I don't think it ever will because the fans want to be entertained and they want to see the great things done and a lot of people truly believe that you can't do the great things without help. It's just nature of the beast, man. I'm not being cynical about it. I'm being real about it. Like, I don't lose sleep. I don't cry about this. I'm just like, it is what it is, man. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, no, I'm fine. At I'm the not end worried of the day, about it. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but but the idea that we're going to have a clean sport is bullshit. The idea that we're going to have a clean sport is just absolutely bullshit until they come up with some crazy fucking scan that scans for everything. But the problem is there are labs right now that are designing shit to defeat the test. Every time. Like the thing is the, the misnomer about drug testing. They're testing for a specific list of things that they know of. And that's why guys get retro busted because they figure they out figure out a test later they're they like oh we didn't know about that i mean that was when lance armstrong got busted yeah way after the fact well do you realize there's no winner of the years he got busted for yeah because they couldn't find they went like 113 people before they found somebody that actually tested clean yeah because they were all on the same crazy shit because yeah. they all had the highest doctors well in, he had to get sports. crucified yeah he well, he got crucified not so much for, 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 for using as much as what he did to people to cover it up. Yeah. Uh, TJ, a lot of people are like, oh, he's not uh, remorse enough. I'm like, what do you fucking want that guy to do? He went out. He said, I did it. I'm sorry. Fucked up. I'll try not to do it again. Yeah, he can't carry a cross on his back every time he shows up somewhere. You know. I, don't, I think that they should fucking back test his stuff and ban him forever, but that's me. I don't disagree with that. He fucked up, but, I mean, you know, you got to learn. You gotta take your medicine. But if they back tested all these guys, we we'd have no roster left. Well, there'd be like three people in the in the fucking UFC. I think that's fine. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I I think I said it before. Um, as much as we like to believe that the UFC is the highest level of MMA, I truly believe it is the best organization in the world. It is the Super Bowl of fucking MMA. But there are a lot of really good fighters in the world. 
that have not made their way there. So I don't necessarily maybe best. never will. Ben Askren, you know. But I think it's the best collection of athletes per weight class of any organization in the world. But I though definitely there are some guys that should probably be in there that are not there because they just don't have the pipeline to get there. But um, you could fire the entire roster today, bring in anybody, and put that marketing machine behind them, and the casual fan will fall in love with a whole new team of people. Absolutely overnight. Because Absolutely. this is storytelling as much as it is sport. This is, there's a, it, it, it's, it's just. I got the a, same thing going on in my a, pocket right yeah, now. It's a particular spectacle of things, you know, and, and that's sport. NFL, same shit. Oh, yeah. You can fire everybody in every professional sport. Once you put the film, once the camera guys come out and the stories get start getting told and yeah. everything gets done, the fans fall in love with the next crop of things, whatever. Dude, when I was a little kid, Joe Montana was the quarterback for the 49ers. You know how many guys they've had since him and how oh, many yeah. teams? In it? I, you just watch. You know, if you're a Niners fan, you watch it. But it's why wrestling. You know, Phil Simms was the, uh, we're on the East Coast. Phil Simms was the uh, Giants yep. quarterback. You know, he uh, when we were little kids, it's but why, it's not. It's why professional wrestling works, though, because they strictly they just embrace one thousand percent the storyline, and yep. they're like, "Let's take reality out of it. We'll fabricate reality and do it." And that's what sport wishes they that's could a do. Soap opera, yeah, a man opera. I don't know. Well, they have women in there too, but it's 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 a soap opera. The UFC tries. That's what they do with their shows, the pre build ups. I don't. I don't need that because I know a little more than the casual fan. I guess that. But they still got to sell pay-per-views. I know what this dude's bringing to the table, and I know what that dude. Yeah. I know what this girl's bringing to the table. I know what that girl's bringing. You know, I care who about saw the- Nama June is getting dropped on her head after she was handling. But that's Andrage. But that's the the freak anomaly of real Make sport. You love the sport, yes, and that's like even okay. So Ronda, when Ronda got knocked out by Holly Holm, yeah, you know everybody thought she was just going to tear through her, and then that happens, and it was like you couldn't get a better organic story. And then everybody thought she was going to come back and avenge the, and it didn't get a chance to do that at all. And the problem with that one is, is the Hollywood story didn't play itself out because right. if she redeemed herself, then everything would have been fine. But, but now, she never redeemed herself, and that's what—that's the risk of but, reality, dude. She sat for a year. She sat for a year. Now with the same jerk off coaching staff, right? And and people always say, I think I might have brought it up last time I was here. Tune-up fight. Yeah. Did you ever hear of a tune-up fight? Yeah. You know, like, you sit for a year or two. Well, I, I mean, Dominic Cruz fucking sat, sat forever and then came out and destroyed that dude. There's a few There exceptions. are some people that are mentally prepared to do it differently. Are, but I think coming off of a devastating knockout, I, I think a tune-up fight would not be the worst thing in the world. No. But there are some people, again, right. it goes if back you, to the Connor you, thing. You get Connor's, submitted by Nate Diaz, you can turn right around and fight again. You get but, Connor, but Connor's not going to take a, a tune-up fight because Connor feels that Connor's Connor and he wants to get paid what he deserves. And the only way to get paid what he deserves is take the big fights. Ronda was in the same boat. There's no there's no tune-up fight for someone of her greatness. You know, yeah, that's, my, that's the rough spot. My, you know, my take on that is fuck them. You got all the money in the world. I don't disagree now with you, Now sit back and focus on the thing you love that got you all that money in yep. the world. Take the tune-up fight. Look good knocking the shit out of somebody that people want to see you do that, Tyson style. I think Ferguson versus Cerrone, I think it's a very good challenge for Ferguson. 
Yeah. I think it puts Ferguson in a spot where if he wins this fight, then he's still then he's really really relevant for the title. And if and if Cerrone beats him, Cerrone continues his march towards like this. Ferguson crazy has thing. been relevant towards the title. Yeah, but then he got then he then he got hurt and then he fell off. And then he had a great he fight. He hurt his knee. But then he and fucking then he... beat his wife up and like <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like what are you doing? Just, baby? There's like some weird <laughs> shit. Like he has to show some consistency and do something really special. And I think being Cerrone would be special at this point, unless Cerrone like shits the bed. Sometimes that happens too. You want to go eat some hamburgers because it's Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, I think we've talked long enough. All right. All right. Why don't you throw out there uh, anything you want to shout out? Shout your shop out. Uh, Trade Winds Tattoo www.thetradewindstattoo.com and all over social media Instagram, Twitter, Facebook etc look for us (laughs) alright I'm going to shout out real quick check out cbdailyllc.com it's a great CBD product line that supports the gym they do a lot of really good things for our athletes fit food that is the best meal prep plan company we work with. They they feed all of our athletes, and we've had tremendous results with them. You don't have copy that you're reading off of? No, I don't have <laughs> they copy. They let you it's wing all, it? They let me wing it, man. And then we have Apex Sport. They have a great pre-workout, and they're coming out with a whole new line of products. I'm actually trying to get uh, both a whey-based and a vegan-based protein out of them for the gym, which would be really good. And then I've got Thrive Spain and, uh, Spine and Recovery. They have the best uh, cryo setup around. Plus, uh, AJ Joe and the team are rock solid. Every time Carl hits me too hard, I go there and they put me back together. That's good. So it works. Anyone I'm forgetting, um, I'm sorry. But this is Brian Wright with Tommy Folia. <laughs> and this is the Hive Podcast. You can find the Hive Podcast at thehivecast.com. And we are also on TuneIn, on Google Podcast, on uh, iTunes. We're pretty much everywhere we need to be. So check out Killer B at killerbcsa.com. We're running a special right now. Also, I didn't even talk about it. I'm such a shitty business person. I'm running a special. Back in 1998, I opened my doors. Unlimited training was $75 a month. I am keeping that special alive for the next couple weeks. So mm, going into June a little bit, that special is going to go away. If you're looking to train, this is the best time to to join up. Check it out at killerbcsa.com. 1998 special, $74.99 a month. You cannot beat that anywhere. (laughs) So if uh, you've been price hunting for your training you could actually train at the best facility around i do have the audacity to say that i don't see too many people doing the high level work that we're doing right now so check us out killerbcsa.com all right brian tommy we're out